This is Mi'kmaq Matters, a podcast about Mi'kmaq people, politics, land and water. I'm Glenn Wheeler. This is episode 252, brought to you with listener support. Become a patron at patreon.com slash Mi'kmaq Matters. is well underway in Mi'kma'ki. By the time most of you are hearing this, we'll be just about at the full moon that the Mi'kmaq call the Frog Croaking Moon. That's May 5th on the Western calendar. Hopefully there'll be a nice, clear night sky where you are. It's a time of hope and rebirth, and the perfect time to talk about the North American Indigenous Games. Delayed because of covid and now set for July 15th to the 23rd. For the first time, happening in Mi'kma'ki at Millbrook First Nation and around Jabuktuk, also known as Halifax. It'll be the largest sporting event ever held in Atlantic Canada, drawing more than 5,000 athletes from Indigenous communities across North America. Later in the program, we'll hear from Mike Alexander, coordinator for the Newfoundland and Labrador team. But first, we speak with the chair of NAG 2023, Fiona Kirkpatrick-Parsons. I asked her what it's been like ramping back up after those COVID delays. I think there were two delays. First, COVID, and then you tried to uh, have um, NAG in a subsequent year, and you had to change your mind. So finally, we have NAG in Mi'kma'ki. And I wonder if if those delays uh, had any lasting impact on uh, NAG uh, 2023. When it happened that we had to postpone the games of 2020, like the rest of the world had to postpone everything, that was a pretty crushing blow. I, I'm not going to lie. It was really hard on all of us because we were like, we were running a sprint and somebody threw an obstacle in our path. We had to stop everything. And it was so hard. And and it was obviously hard on the youth too, that we're planning to come here. And uh, all of those, um, all of those ambitions and hopes you know, we're, we're taken away in that moment. So we really felt it. And, and yes, you know, come uh, July, 2020, we were thinking, okay, maybe it'll be 2021 because nobody knew in mm-hmm. 2020 what this pandemic thing, how that was going to shape up. And so the op, the idea was that we would be gathering in 2021, but it didn't take long after, like, I think it was August of 2020 that we realized mm, it's probably not going to be 2021. We had spoken with the chief medical officer here who is uh a chair of our medical governance committee. He's a chief medical officer for Nova Scotia. And he, along with our teams and our NAG council as well, which is the governing body for the North American Indigenous Games, had made had to make the decision of, look, we need to really look a little further down the road so that we make these games the safest that they can be uh, under the circumstances with so many unknowns. So we picked 2023 and yeah, we had a lot of work to do. We had to uh, secure the venues again, accommodations, I mean, really redo everything. I guess the advantage that we had from 2020 is that we already had a, a little bit of a dry run. We had an mm. idea of what, you know, we had a bit of a roadmap, but we also then had another opportunity to um, really build these games to what we really wanted them to be. So we took advantage of that extra time to uh, create a game that I think that will be unlike any others that have been held to date. And and I know that others other games have been fantastic, 
but we have had that little bit of extra time to even, you know, make them even better than I think we could have anticipated. So, yeah, we're very excited about how it, things are shaping up now. This this NAG will be the uh, the largest sports and cultural event in Atlantic Canada. I think even bigger than the Canada Summer Games, probably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and will it be the biggest uh, NAG ever? Has there been a NAG? games uh, with more than 5200 athletes and I believe there has been yeah there's been a larger games in terms of numbers and I don't think of it as a competition of numbers but you know we are very proud of the fact that since contact we know this is the largest multi-sport and cultural gathering um, that's ever been held in Atlantic Canada and it's only a week it's not two weeks and we have uh you know 5,300 youth, which is almost twice the number of uh of youth or the participants that go to say the Canada games um, so we we have a lot happening in a much more sort of condensed period of time. Yes, and it is uh, the North American Indigenous Games. Uh, how many Correct. people are coming from stateside? I would say about twenty five percent. Oh yeah, are coming from the states. So they're coming as far away as California, Florida, Wisconsin, uh, and other states as well. There's a different. We have regions, right, that we, um, and I think they're all listed on our website. We make reference to the Canada Summer Games. Um, do you think the North American Indigenous Games are different from a, a you know, that kind of a sporting event? And if so, what do you think would be the difference in NAG? Yeah, so uh, our athletes are ages 13 to 19. So that's certainly, I wouldn't say that necessarily differentiates us in itself, but we do have a younger, you know, skew younger for sure. Uh, but three of the of the sports of these 16 sports that we're featuring at our games are more considered more traditional Indigenous sports uh, or have Indigenous origins, such as their canoe kayak, which will be not like what you'd say see at the Olympics. We'll be using more traditional style canoes. Um, the kinds that we might even use more recreationally in terms of the way they look, right? So we have those. We will have box lacrosse, which of course is the creator's game. It's the it has its roots in Indigenous in uh, First Nations cultures, um, and we also have um, uh, three dimensional three D archery that will be taking place at Millbrook First Nation, which is a different type of archery where we use three dimensional figures. Uh, you might have a three-dimensional animal. It's in the woods. There's a trail. They run through the woods. They stop. They they shoot. So very different and a lot more kind of connected to uh, many Indigenous cultures. So there is that differentiator. We will also infuse culture within each of our sports. So you will see our cultures represented, and particularly Mi'kmaq cultures, which is the host culture here in Mi'kma'ki and Mi'kmaq territory. So the way we uh, start each of the games will be in ceremony. The way we award the medals will be done in a way that is certainly going to differentiate. Plus, we have the cultural aspect. These games are uh, really intended to be a 50% sport and 50% cultural showcase. So whether you're a participant or a spectator, you will see and experience that. So that is very much a differentiator for our games. We'll have a a very large cultural village down at the Halifax Common, which is the green space in downtown Halifax. We will have uh, at the Halifax waterfront, there'll be cultural demonstrations as well and and entertainment, as well as over at uh, a location called Dartmouth Crossing in Dartmouth, which is just across the bridge from uh, Halifax Peninsula. And so those are the three key locations for cultural specific activities where 
folks will be able to take pay, place, uh, uh, take part in uh, various cultural activities, uh, learning about Mi'kmaq culture and other cultures purchased from vendors coming from all across uh, Turtle Island and uh, see uh, wonderful entertainment as well. So there'll be a lot more about that being posted on our website in the coming uh, in the coming weeks for sure. So folks can definitely go to neg2023.com and stay in contact with us that way and and uh, learn more about what's happening. That was the chair of NAG 2023, Fiona Kirkpatrick-Parsons. The Newfoundland and Labrador contingent at NAG will be 138 athletes, coaches, and managers. Nerve center for the NL team is the office in Stephenville of Mike Alexander, the team Indigenous NL coordinator. We spoke with Mike Alexander about prepping for the games and about how NAG is unlike any other sporting event. Uh, right now, I, I'm heavily involved with the logistics of trying to get all the required information from all of the athletes, the parents, the coaches, uh, working with them on the final stages of training and preparation. Um, and then, uh, which includes things like getting the walkout gear ordered, um, looking at logistics for how we will actually travel to the games. Um, and um, yeah, so it's, uh, and I'm, I, so I have every morning, I have a large number of emails on my computer and trying to, uh, trying to work my way through that right now. Yes, I, I bet you do. So uh, team and uh, team indigenous NL has uh, an allocation of 138 athletes mm-hmm. at the games, 138 out of 5,000. The uh, I guess there are three categories: under nineteen, under sixteen, under fourteen, in most mm-hmm. categories. And tell tell us about um, the activities in which Team Indigenous NL will be uh, strongest. Just to clarify a little bit, Meg Games incorporates a huge number of sporting events, but with an allocation of only one hundred and thirty eight for our particular team, which includes our coaches and managers, we have to select the sports that we have the most identified interest in and that we feel will be the most competitive in. So um, we've, we are, will be sending an athletics team. Uh, that's our largest team. A largest part of our contingent, I should say, we'll be sending a swimming team. We expect both of those to be very strong and to do very well. And because of the large number of events that are held within those two sports, um, I think they'll do very well with the medal count. They traditionally have in the past. Uh, we've also got a very strong volleyball team, male volleyball teams. We've got two very good volleyball teams that'll be going, a male and a female floor volleyball team. We have a, a male basketball team. We've got a badminton team and we have golfers. And uh, gee, I hope I haven't forgotten anybody. I'm just, um, oh, of course, we've got beach volleyball as well, right? Mm-hmm. And And in all of those sports, we've got, top-notch coaches very very gifted athletes Mm. and i'm expecting our team will do very well and just to give a little bit of history we've traditionally in the past two games we finished eighth out of 20 plus teams and uh, we we finished that in the past both in in uh, regina in 2014 and in toronto in 2017 so for our size we probably perform better for the number of athletes we have we probably are one of the top performing teams at NAG. Now, uh, Newfoundland and Labrador is a big province. We have the island. We have uh, mm-hmm. Labrador. We have um, different indigenous communities. Mi'kmaq, Inu, Inuit are all the three communities going to be represented at uh, NAG. We have representation coming from all indigenous organizations and bands and councils in the pro- groups in the province. 
Um, of course, they're not all the same level because there are varying amounts of of, of numbers within each of those indigenous groups. But uh, of all of the groups, the Innu Nation, um, the Nanatsivut, Nunatukavut, um, and the both the, the Khan River Mi'kmaq and the, and the Halapu, we have representation from all groups that will be participating at NAG. So give us a sense of what you're expecting at uh, at NAG, because uh, it's um, the largest uh, sporting event that will ever have taken place in Atlantic Canada. We have the, the sports, but we also have the cultural activities. So I suppose there'll be a lot going on both uh, in the competition area and uh, elsewhere. So it'll be a busy uh, week for you in uh, in Nova Scotia. Well, um, myself and many of the other coaches, we've been to Canada Games, we've been to many national events. NAG is not the same. And NAG is actually preferred by many of the coaches versus events like Canada Games and even provincial games because of the unique cultural aspect of it. Um, it's a different event. On the floor, the athletes are competing to win. But off, their, off the floor, when they're not in their competition, they get to experience um, interactions with a huge number of other Indigenous peoples and cultures. It's a learning event. It's it's an educational event. And it has a profound effect on how many athletes look upon themselves, their own Indigenous culture and heritage, who and, and you know, coming to terms with who they are and their self-identity, and actually taking pride in that. Maybe the parents uh, act a little differently also. They're not telling their, their child to... Uh you know, win at all costs. So maybe the parents are better behaved also at NAG. I, I think that, I think when the kids get out there, they will be as competitive as anywhere, but um, there's a different type of feeling of friendship and connection amongst the athletes from different places hmm. um, that I can't, it's hard to explain, but I think that it is incorporated into the cultural piece and the, t- the together piece versus the you versus them. Uh, it's more like the us. And it, it's hard to define that more than it's hard to define that in words. It's more like an experiential feeling. And Mike, you're also uh, coaching uh, in one of the uh, events. Which which one is that that uh, you're coaching? Um, I'll be coaching in the badminton competition. I've got a background in that sport. Yeah. And so what's on the to do list between now and uh, and mid-July when the games start? We've got a huge number of things to do. Um, right now, I'm still gathering a lot of data that's required for registration. We have what we have a timeline in which everybody has to be entered into the NAG portal, uh, after which we can't an- enter anybody else to try out for NAG. And then there'll be another time coming up where we make the final selections if we need to remove. So that includes we put alternates in, et cetera, into the database. But we have a huge amount of information we've got to gather personally on all of them. Uh, right now we're in the process of trying to outfit the entire team with the walkout gear. So um, we've got to sort of come up with a very nice design and fashion. And I think we're, we're, we're doing that and we'll have the team will look very sharp going mm-hmm. to NAG. Um, and then all the coaches in a turn have a competition gear for their athletes competing in different sports. So I'm working with all of those coaches um, and helping to get the funding sorted out so that we can actually get the clothing ordered. Um, and then we have a number of camps, for instance, in next weekend, I will be in Rigolet doing some work, uh, doing some work in that community with some of the athletes and others that will be attending NAG. Uh, and we have many other camps coming up, um, that we're working on the logistics now for those athletes, the volleyball, the basketball, the swimming, um, et cetera. 
So we want our athletes to be the most prepared as they possibly can for success. Uh, and then we have the transportation piece where we have a number of athletes from different places flying. And then we have other athletes who may be taking ground transportation. All of the logistics have to be booked and planned, whether it be the ferry or whether it be reservations from, from Deer Lake or Goose Bay or St. John's or Gander. All of that logistics, all of that is flowing through my office. Plus, um, I also take all the calls from parents. I will be meeting with parents and, and having a answer questions and sharing information about what your child will need, what will what what issues are going to come up, like food security, secure uh, general security. It's very much like a Canada Games, but there is just a multitude of things that have to be addressed. It is a major undertaking. Mike Alexander, the Team Indigenous NL coordinator for NAG 2023. And we wish all the athletes the very best. That's it for the program. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at Mi'kmaqMatters.com. The Mi'kmaq Matters team is producer Allison Baker, correspondent Greg Jaynes, and researcher Hilary McGinnis. This is Glenn Wheeler saying, Emson Okama.